Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you because our hearts belong to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. It's good to stay hungry for God because God was saying that if we humans who are evil in our nature know how to give good gifts to our children. When our child asks us for bread, we will not give the child stone. When our child asks us for fish, we will not give the child a scorpion. He said, let alone him, God, when we are hungry for him, the bread of life will show up. It's good to stay hungry. It's good to stay hungry. Hunger is the key to growth in the kingdom. Well, one of the keys. Why are we here today? Why are we here today? Because God is about to you know, take you and flip you upside down and just create a powerful prophetess out of you. It doesn't work like that. The kingdom is all about stewarding the gifts that God gives to you. Every time Jesus spoke about the kingdom, he would use parables. One of the parables he used was the parable of the sower. And he said the sower went and he sowed seeds on different soil, on a soil. And he gave us the different scenarios associated with the growth of that seed. And then he used another parable. He said the kingdom is like a master that was going and he gave gifts unto his servants. And then he returned and he said, you know, where's the reward of your gift? Where are the things you did with what I gave to you? Many times we are waiting on God for a new move. When the move of God is already within you. Everything those servants would have ever become was in the gifts that the master gave to them. Every new profiting, every fresh revival was resident in the seed that he placed within them. We come to God asking for something new. But the question the Lord is asking you is, what did you do with what I gave to you? Jesus said, this is how the kingdom is. He was telling us the principles that operate in the kingdom of God. Why are we here today? We're here because of what Paul said to Timothy. He said to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I, I know you are a young guy. I know you are a young church. I know you are young people. Timothy, I know you believe you have your life ahead of you. I know you believe there are many things you will miss out on if you don't you know, spend your time catching up with the world. I know you believe you still have time to be flexible and you still have, 
you know, 40 more years to live. But you see, the problem with that, Timothy, is that tomorrow is not promised to anybody. All you have, truly have, is today. He said, Timothy, don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody make a mess of your office. Simply because you are young. He said, prove your office. He said to Timothy, magnify your office. That has been often misinterpreted to me, you know, because you walk into a place and say, you know, I'm the appointed prophet of the Lord unto this generation. And so I magnify my office. Your office is not in the size of your shoulder pad. Your office is not in the, the, your voice, how it sounds, how husky. Say how the anointing is resident in that man. When you will hear him speak. That's not where your office is. That's not how you magnify your office. Paul was saying to Timothy, because of the gift you have received, by laying on of hands, impartation of spiritual gifts that the presbyters gave to you when they laid hands on you, they commissioned you. And they began to pray for you and they began to impact you and they began to call you the things that the Lord has said concerning you. They began to prophesy over your life. They said, Timothy, steward the gift. Grow it. Timothy, people will respect your office. People will respect who you are, not because you have a title. Timothy, because every prophecy that was given to you were made to wage war with it. Timothy, the only way your office will be respected is if you grow. Paul's charge to Timothy was grow your gift. Don't sit down on it. Don't wait for a system to prove who you are. Don't wait for a position or a rank to become what you are called to be. Timothy, I, Paul, cannot even make you honorable. You have to become it. That's why we're here today. I'm not giving to you something you don't already have. I'm merely teaching you how to mine the gold in your spirit. Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night and in John chapter 3, Oh, let's look at 2 Peter first. He came, um, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm laying the foundation for what we're going to teach. In 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 4, it says, or from verse 3, according to the divine power I had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness, through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, I was talking to some people and I told them, I said, you know, the devil is a copycat. He often tries to replicate the things that are meant to exist in the kingdom and then he complicates it and perverts it and then we begin to think he's the standard. But that's not true. Everything the enemy produces was already resident in God. The problem is that the children of God don't always know what they have. 
And the devil is the old crooked serpent. He's been in existence for years. So he just takes what we have that we don't know we have and he, you know, sets it up and it seems like, oh wow, this belongs to the enemy when it truly belongs to God. I told someone, I said, don't tell me about the supernaturals. I said, we are the supernaturals. We are the ones that the world should look at and say, gosh, those people are spooky. Because it is us, the Bible says, we live in this world, but we are not of this world. Even though I'm a human, I'm not really human as you know humans. Even though I, I look like the rest of the world, but I'm carrying something inside of me that this world cannot contain. We are the ones that should manifest things that leave the world wondering, what on earth was that? When Jesus came to the earth, he set an order for who we should be like. Jesus did ridiculous things. He walked on water. Why would you walk on water when there's a boat? How would you want to do that? He walked because the boat had gone and he had to get there, so he just had to walk on water. You don't believe in the supernatural? Peter looked at a man and said, yeah, I don't have money to give to you, but I'm going to give you something, so just get up and walk. He's been, he had been lame for a very, very long time. You don't believe in the supernatural? A young virgin got pregnant without having sex. For me, what was even more supernatural was how she had the baby being a virgin. You don't believe in the supernatural? The God that you are worshipping, he was born as a human being. He went to hell, died, defeated the devil. He rose and picked up the same body. And with that body, he's walking through walls. You have to believe in the supernatural. Because the truth is, that's who you are. That's who God has called us to be. And so the reason why the world keeps seemingly overtaking us is because we are not using the power that we have. In Second Peter, he was talking, he said, this is why we have to know God. So that we can unlock the exceedingly great and precious promises that he has given unto us. The gifts he has given unto us. The Bible began to speak. He said when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. To some, he made them crazy. They will stand and 2,000, they will be speaking of things that will happen in 2,000 years to come. They had the kind of vision that could pierce through generations. He called some of them prophets. And some of them, he gave them voices that were so loud, audible, that they would stand and millions of people would gather. Their messages were so powerful that they would call souls to the kingdom. They were like soul magnets. He called them evangelists. Jesus gave them capacities that were not existing before them. Despite all the things he said, he said, greater works than this, you will do. My question is, where are the greater works? Where are the greater works? We're sitting down trying to conform, trying to be normal. In Hebrews 12, 22, it says, you have come to Zion, the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We, our kingdom, is called Zion. And so I've been talking to my team a lot about heaven's culture. I'm tired of the world's culture. 
the more I try to balance it, the less powerful I become. I want to truly be a heaven citizen. Jesus prayed and Jesus said, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was teaching them how to pray. He was teaching them how to hunger, how to connect, how to talk to God. He says one of the first things you should desire when you are communicating with the Father is that you should ask that everything that exists in heaven should come to earth. This is who we are meant to be. We are meant to be the people that pull the blueprints of heaven to the earth. Everywhere we go, heaven should happen. We are meant to be resident Bethels, mobile Bethels. Everywhere we go, the gateways of heaven are opening. Angelic ministrations everywhere. Things that were impossible become impossible. The presence of God filling rooms, filling places, filling boardrooms. What's happening to understanding creativity that did not exist before. There is nothing that comes in a generation that did not first exist in God. Why? He is term, time and eternity. There is nothing we could ever make that is new to God. He was the one that placed it within humanity. But we are not pulling it down. Because we have not learned to become the ladder that connects heaven and earth. I was reading the book about a man who, he went for a conference. We're still talking about prophetic. This is what it means. This man went for a conference and while he was sitting there, he's into energy. He's one of the high ranking people who they call together and do all these energy summits. And he's sitting there and they're talking about angels how they minister for us that are heads unto salvation. For one minute, he's like, is this true? You know, I read this all the time in scripture and I hear people talking about it, but is it really true? So in the midst of the whole conference, he wasn't really listening, but because he was bothered about this whole energy crisis thing. And I think he had like, he had to speak some days later. So he was just, you know, in that zone. But then that particular part of the conference caught his ear and he's like, you know what, Lord? I hear that all the time, but... Uh, and then as the conference ends, everybody's walking away and then a man stands in front of him. And the moment he looked at the man, he knew this guy is not normal. And the guy looked at him and said, hi, uh, my name is you know, so, 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 and I'm the angel in charge of energy. And he's like, you're the what? Yeah, the angel in charge of energy. And then he began to think, what did I drink this morning? He was coughing now. I don't put anything inside. And he says, hey, you know, you, you have so many questions regarding energy and I'm here to teach you. And the man is like, sure. So hey, let's go. And they began to walk to his hotel room. And this angel is downloading stuff to this guy. He's like, what? And then they get to the room. He sits down. He begins to tell him about how the energy in the air is going to be depleted at so, 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 so time. How we are overtapping on certain reserves. XYZ, XYZ, and he begins to tell him the next phase of energy that will come to the world. And he begins to tell him how to go about it. And he says, You know what? I'm going to show you the model of a car that will be powered by water. And the guy's like, He says, You know, I'm coming. And you know, this angel disappears. And as he comes back in like 20 minutes, he's thinking, Do I like have a forgetful angel? Like, where did he go? How come he forgot the blueprint? You know, while he's there, busy racking his head, the guy reappears and he 
brings his blueprint and he's seeing him, you know, this is how he's going to be powered, shows him the model, shows him, you know, what we connect. And he's thinking, we haven't even gotten here. It's like, yeah, sure, you haven't. That's why you're earth and we're heaven, you know. And then they began to walk and he started teaching him other things. Why am I telling you this story? At some point as they were walking, he looked at the angel. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm walking with an angel. And the angel looked at him and said, yeah, I can't believe I'm walking with you either. <laughs> and he was like, why? He said, because I've been trying to get your attention for 30 years. I've been assigned to you all your life. I've been trying to teach you these things. You have to let the, the knowledge of Zion become your reality. Let it be your reality. We have come to Zion. The city of the living God. It's a heavenly Jerusalem. That's the way this new Jerusalem is qualified. It's heavenly. The culture of heaven should be our culture. The Bible begins to talk about the kingdom. It says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a culture. It's a culture of revelation. It's a culture of clarity. It's a culture of looking up to God, the son of righteousness. And as he shines on you, you shine your light on the world. It's a culture. So I'm not here to teach you how to prophesy. I'll be a fool to do that. I'm here to remind you who you are and how to connect with your source. Nicodemus came to Jesus. And he told Jesus, you know, the Bible called him Nicodemus. The name Nicodemus means the strong one. And Nicodemus, the Bible records, he was the head of the Jewish, a part of the Jewish sect. So he was a religious man. He understood these things. He had done it for years. You know, he came to Jesus and he said, you know, Jesus, um, I know no man could do the things you are doing. I said, God be with him. Often or not, we've read that there. We thought Nicodemus came in the night. And he was just like, you know, Jesus, I know no man can do the things. I said, God be with him. You know, I bow before you, great and mighty Jesus. No, that wasn't what he did. He came to Jesus in the fullness of his office. His clouds, believing that, you know, my name is uh, Chief Nicodemus, pastor, evangelist, revivalist, and, you know, the man of God for the hour with the power to make the enemies cower. Hallelujah. Yeah, so Jesus, you know, I know you. I know the way you work. You know, I've seen this stuff a couple of times, you know. Yeah, I, I just wanted to put that out there, you know, before we begin this conversation. And Jesus is like, my will you shut up? But you don't even know what you're talking about. Except you are born again. The word again means above. He wasn't talking about a second process. He was talking about a place. That was the meaning of the original Greek word. And the word born, it was talking about to come into a new territory. He says, except you have come into the territory of the ones that come from above. You don't have the capacity to see what I'm all about. Then Jesus went further. He said, except you be born. And then the guy says, you know, how can I be born again? And then Jesus confuses the guy even more. Jesus keeps doing stuff like that. Like, you know, he would tell people things like, oh, you know, um, except you eat the bread, wanting, wanting, you know, I'm the bread of life. And they're like, oh, this guy's crazy. He's like, really? Oh, well, except you drink my blood. And I'm thinking, Jesus, really? So he does stuff like that all the time. And Nicodemus is confused. 
And then he goes on to say, except a man be born of spirit and of water, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What I'm teaching you today is how to enter. Many of us have been born again, but we have not entered the kingdom. Many people are standing in between. They are just here. So every now and then, sometimes they'll pray, let the head they go, it will go. And they're like, whoa, I had a major miracle. You know, every now and then, they will have a dream. And they're like, guess what? God showed me something. And it came to pass the next day, exactly that happened. So they're just, you know, in between. So they are born again. They see the kingdom. They can tell you that's a good church. Ah, that's a great sermon. Ooh, I love the book of John. My goodness, that woman is anointed. They see the kingdom. They can tell you the reality is the spirit, soul, and body, faith, this one. But they have not entered into the dimension of operating in it. What use is your faith if your faith has never moved mountain? It is not okay to see. You must enter. And Jesus said the only way you enter into the operation of it is if you be born by the Holy Spirit and with water which is the word of God. The point where you see this Bible, it becomes your only reality. Where everything that is written in it becomes your truth. If the Bible says you will heal the sick, you heal the sick. If the Bible says you will raise the dead, the day of... Jesus said, so Nicodemus, can you just shut up? You don't have any idea what you're talking about. You have not yet been born from above. How can you try to explain Jesus? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm about. He says, but there's a way. If you are born of the Holy Spirit, and then you are born of the world, to be born of the world, is that everything in your life, everything that is pushed out of your life, is a product of a birth that you have seen in scriptures. That's what it means to be born of the world. Many of us are not born of the world. And so the Bible says, these are the boundaries and the constraints and the limitations and the borders you should have. And then he tells them, well, yeah, but you know, um, in reality, um, the world doesn't quite work like that. How about making the world work for the world? How about you establishing the kingdom over the kingdom of the world? And so many of us are not born of the world. That's why we don't see the power of the kingdom at work. But in the book of Corinthians, it began to say that, you know, there are many gifts and it began to tell us what to desire. First Corinthians 14. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and earnestly, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I just want you to pray a prayer now and say, Lord, make me hungry. I can't hear you. Lord, make me hungry. Lord, make me hungry. You see, that's not a rhetorical prayer. The Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The reason why we are not filled is because we are not hungry. The reason why we don't have many things that we can show as the proof of being in the kingdom is because we are not hungry. The reason why we don't see the power of God at work in our lives and in our generation is because we are not hungry. 
The reason why we don't see an overflow of the Holy Spirit when we sing, when we talk, when we pray is because we are not hungry. We have been able to raise a religious generation. We have been able to raise a charismatic people who shake, who speak in tongues, who do all the acts of Christianity or the art of Christianity, but really they don't have power. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink. The kingdom of God is not about comedy shows. The kingdom of God is not about the things that satisfy the flesh. When it talks about meat and drink, it talks about the satisfaction of the sensual, um, the senses of the humanity. You say, that's not what the kingdom is about. The kingdom of God is not about making you feel good or making you feel fly. The kingdom of God is not about telling you about how much money God wants to give to you. The kingdom of God is not about telling you how many houses the Lord wants you to build. That's not what the kingdom is about. The kingdom of God is righteousness. First of all, it produces peace in the lives of people. And I'm not talking about the peace that is like air. I'm talking about the peace that wars. It produces peace. When you walk into a room, your peace takes charge of the atmosphere. Even if there was confusion, commotion, and bitterness and depression, your peace begins to push them aside. There is a certain resident ability that you have to shift atmospheres. The kingdom of God is about peace. The kingdom of God is about joy. In a generation where people are filled with so much hopelessness and emptiness, the kingdom of God is about power. You don't have it because you are not hungry. When was the last time you were truly hungry for God? When was the last time you cried out? You took a fast just because. You went to your knees. You stayed for four hours, five hours crying out, Father, heal me. You are not saying it because to preach a sermon. You are not saying it because we are given an assignment in church. You are not saying it because you want to prove that you are now praying. You are not doing it for any reason just because you want to know God. When was the last time? Scriptures burned in your heart like fire. You read the things that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John did. And you said to yourself, where are the apostles of my time? When was the last time? We don't see because we are not hungry. He said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for they shall be filled. Don't ask me, Pastor Isi, why is there no infilling? Why is there no power in our generation? Don't ask me, ask yourself. I'm paying my price for my own journey. Pay your price. You stir me up. You charge me up. You cause me to rise up in my own office. Don't ask me. He said, blessed are they that hunger, but they shall be filled. Now they are talking in 1 Corinthians. He said, desire earnestly. Earnestly, continually, persistently, diligently. Know that in March 2018, because the church called, this your time of fire, hell for you to be a time of fire. Then in July, when they say, you know, it's just a time where we just say, it's not fire again. Why, why, is, why are the phases of your Christianity determined by the things that are proposed by men? How about you controlling the seasons of your life by reason of your connection with God? How about staying hungry? Why are you hungry today? Tomorrow you don't have a food. The next thing you know more than the pastor. I don't really think we need, you know, we, maybe let's stop the light. Why? 
He said, desire earnestly. Desire the spiritual gifts. Many times we don't go there anymore because it's been perverted. Sometimes our pastors, we are afraid to take people there. Because many people have done crazy stuff out of it. People have prophesied wrongly. People have prophet lied. People have done all kinds of crazy things with spiritual gifts. But does it make, does it change the fact that it is real? You become the truth. I am here to make proof, full proof of my father's kingdom. And I really don't care what anybody thinks. I am here for God. I was born for God. Do you, do you know what that means? Born for God. My life, my hair belongs to Jesus. Everything about me. Make full proof of your father's kingdom. He says, desire spiritual gifts. Faith. Look at the Bible. He says, by faith, Barak, Joshua, Gideon, they took over nations. Desire gift of faith. He says, desire working of miracles. Desire it. Desire it. The reason why we don't desire spiritual gifts is because we don't hear spiritual sermons anymore. So it is not invoking the right hunger. You will find yourself leave this church today and when you are praying tomorrow, you hear yourself saying things like, Lord, I want to prophesy. You will hear yourself saying things like, Lord, I want to be able to work miracles. And then God is going to take you on a completely new journey. He'll start to teach you from scratch the things that you need to kick out of your life in order for the supernatural to be activated in you. God is just going to begin to change your training plan because all of a sudden you are desiring spiritual gifts. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.